This is Slashers, a horror movie podcast hosted by one amazing, awesome goon and his amazinger, awesomer wife. How are you, wife? I'm good. I'm excited to talk about Leprechaun in Space. Number four of the series. Uh, we have some fun fan comments and questions. More comments. I feel like more people just want to say their piece and walk off. Because they don't want this rattling around in their little brains. <laughs> so what do you think of it overall? Just quick little blurb. <laughs> um, I actually think I liked this better than the first one yep. that I watched with you. I'm also a sucker for anything in space. So that might have something to do with it. Absolutely. But overall, it was entertaining. It was quick. All of things that I like in a movie. Of any kind, horror or otherwise. <laughs> yeah, one thing that, so going back almost five years, oh God, I feel old now. I have wanted you to watch Leprechaun in the Hood or Back to the Hood. And I finally got the agreement. <laughs> you were, you're like, all right, we'll put out a bonus episode. I'll do it. And then Anthony, you know who you are, at Don't Feed After Midnight is like, you guys should definitely do uh in space. And you were like, wait, in space? There's one in space? This is an option? And there you go. Now we are doing this one instead. And my wants and desires are completely neglected. Until next year. Next year. Okay. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, Ice-T doesn't make an appearance in this movie. He does in Leprechaun in the Hood. Just saying. The guy who's now famous for being in, what is it, CSI or one of those things? My only knowledge of his involvement is John Mulaney's bit about his involvement in that show. So he's like, so what you're trying to say? You don't know what I'm talking about? We've no. watched that special together. Was it in the special? Yeah. You only remember the salt and pepper diner. That's all you. <laughs> so That's such a good bit. I wish I came up with it. But then also I abandoned doing stand-up comedy. Oh, fuck. Eight years ago was my last time. And I've told you the quinoa story, right? Okay, well, I haven't told the people who are listening right now, so fucking deal with it. We talk about my veganism, I feel like, every fucking episode, and I'm sure it's annoying to people. I'm sorry, but it's a lot of content, because think about if you eat three times a day, it comes up in my life three times a day. So I, I did a bit, I was talking about fucking veganism or whatever, and as I get off, the gal at this open mic is like, Oh yeah, I bet you're eating a lot of quinoa. Well... I'm a very isolated vegan. I don't like vegans because they're very often pretentious and shitty people. No offense. Hot take from Jake. I had never heard the word quinoa out loud. I had only read the word quinoa. And so I was thinking, of course, it was like quinoa or something. So I looked at her with this blank expression. And this poor girl's <laughs> looking at me to throw her a lifeline like, please acknowledge me. And I was like, I got nothing for you, toots. It was awful. And so there was a commercial years later where the guy's like, quinoa, quinoa. And I was like, that's a good bit because I have lived it. <laughs> so shall we get into it? I was going to say, I hope you all enjoyed that because that's like the 20th time I've heard that story. <laughs> it's not that it's not that good of a story. It just I like it because it, it mocks myself. And it's also I feel like so often vegans want to portray themselves as like these omniscient creatures. That are like, you know that that was made in a factory or, you know, this. And it's like, no, I don't know shit. Like, that's why I stick to the foods that I've already read the labels of, because I can't be bothered. I am too stupid to read every time I eat. And now you have me to do it, right? 
For sure. And I love You just when, have to double check me. I always have to double check you. <laughs> in fact, I also have to double check the fact that you even have to read it in the first place because sometimes it'll say vegan on the label, but you'll go straight to the ingredients because you're such a good wife. And you're like, all right, I'm going to delve into this. And you didn't have to. One thing I forgot to do. Do you Uh-oh. like this? We're just going to have a conversation about the show on the show, see how it works. I was doing the tagline of the movie before going into this is slashers but i i kind of keep waffling because you know the last one was your luck just ran out this is slashers whereas i feel if it's like this is slashers and one stall step for man one giant leap of terror it doesn't sound good either so right i think before okay so personally we're just gonna ignore the last five minutes that's me limbering up and one small step for man, one giant leap of terror. This is slash. No. Yeah, okay. You're looking at me kind of blankly. No, I liked it. Okay. I I just am like, are we really gonna re-record all that? Oh or are fuck you just no. Gonna cut and paste. Yeah. So uh, this is equal parts me wanting to subject you to being on the show again because you, you're the bell of the ball. You have the second highest downloaded episode with the craft of any of our episodes, which blows my mind because neither you nor myself had even fucking seen it by the time we did it. And I don't know that there's a lot of metadata on it. I put up a tweet about Nev Campbell today on the Instagram. I saw that. More likes than any of my memes. You know how fucking inadequate I feel? I I pour over these fucking memes and putting little cutesy words and shit and superimposing Jason Voorhees' mask. All it takes is somebody... Taking a screen cap of a goddamn tweet. That's all I had to do this whole time. Well, like you were saying, I feel like some of these movies have a cult following. And I think that's definitely one that does, that I did not realize, seeing as how we were about, what, 10 years too late? No, we're like 22 years too late on that one. Yeah. Well. Which is kind of crazy. Well, I was told that I should have been watching it like when I was a teen girl. And I just never happened, so. So you're still like... No, I don't want to call you out. God, You'll always like be 15, older than me. Yeah. Right? Okay. That's fucking terrifying, isn't it? You're, I like. I was talking to a girl who's in law school who's at court today, and I felt so old. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you're five years younger than me. Get fucked. But at the same point, I was like, oh, my God, my back and my soul. Yeah, it's no good. But parenting's cool. That's a fun part of aging. Um, I like the fact that my tits point to the floor. And that our daughter grabbed me by the nipple tonight. <laughs> Didn't tell you that part. I think Welcome to the club, honey. <laughs> my titties is so moosey that the baby was thinking that she was going to get a pre-dinner snack. <laughs> no good. This is why I don't ever take off my shirt. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's do... Oh, do you want to do some more banter? Is this good? I'm kind of liking this. I, I feel like there's not a whole lot of substance to this movie, <laughs> despite the fact that, like you said, it's way better than the first one. Uh, I feel like as far as recapitation goes, you can kind of swap that out for play-by-play. So I'm going to fill up some time. Uh, we went to lunch, brunch with my little brother. You remember that? Because I'm going to cue into some fun spitballing content here. We're sitting there. We're talking about artistry. And he means to tell me, I think, that I have the swagger to be a nude model. What he tells me out loud is, you'd be a great nude model. And I'm like, come again? <laughs> well, I was sitting across from you and I did I missed this entire thing. Oh. And I also love in the notes that it says great n- nudge. 
model. Oh, and so it, I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> that's very different. Yeah. I'm like, uh, uh, like the elbow kind of. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it was a weird exchange that we had. And I was talking about it. You know, he's like, oh, yeah. And I think he kind of realized after he said it what he had said. And he kind of tried to talk about my personality and my brash attitude. And then we went into character play where I was the model and the instructor of the class. And he's like, uh, sir, you need to sit still. And then I was like, la, 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 which if you can't see, you can hear my tongue flathering out of my mouth. And we just did that for about 30 seconds and went back and forth doing an improv scene. You didn't notice. Nobody else noticed. This was my childhood with that kid. We would just say dumb shit to entertain ourselves. And I feel like that's almost how this movie came into production was that everybody who's involved in it was amused by it. And they didn't care, like, oh, it's a leprechaun movie. People will see it. Let's just do something that we enjoy. I mean, why not? That's what I'm saying. There's If they've done so many of these other random leprechaun movies, if you enjoy space, then let's just throw it out there. I mean, it did not seem at the beginning of the movie like it was actually in space because they're kind of like in just what looks like a cave. And so... It, you no, wouldn't it, it doesn't assume look, that it was in space. It doesn't look like a cave, let's be honest. It looks like trash bags that somebody sprayed some plaster over and painted, right? The shape of them is so fake, it's kind of distracting. It's, it's like an, like someone's intestines. Kind of reminds okay. me of like the, you know, like the folds of like the walls. I could see that. And they were like the weird pinkish. And I was like, what? Is this like a magic school bus episode where they've shrunk down and they're now inside someone's stomach? I could see that. That's that's a crazy Sans fan the theory. Acid, but you know. Yeah, it's a crazy fan theory. We had one person reach out uh, who says, man, for a straight edge guy, you sure got some stoner theories. I think that you might have surpassed mine. <laughs> I came up with a uh, the I guess we'll call it Jake's Tin Foil Hat Brigade, and I, I here's my theory on this movie. He is not a leprechaun. He is not the leprechaun. Are you following me? So they only refer to him as you know the creature, the entity, whatever. They don't actually say he's a leprechaun, and he doesn't self-proclaim himself to be a leprechaun. So my theory is he is the embodiment of greed in the universe. Kind of weird, right? But I was like, after I thought about it, I was like, that kind of makes sense that it's so amorphous. And then it kind of goes into, I don't know if you want to say first contact or whatever the fucking thing is from Harry Potter where you project into something that you think, like a boggart. Ah, man, I'm smart. So we're just projecting a leprechaun in there because we think of him as the embodiment of green, having seen the first one with Jennifer Aniston and not Kevin Bacon. I like it. Yeah, it's not I bad. Mean, it's better than mine. No, it's not. That's what I'm saying is I like yours better than mine. A, because you're a redheaded teacher, and so you, the Miss Frizzle comparison amuses me. But then B, I think that it'd be hilarious to be riding around in a school bus in someone's bowels with Warwick Davis. <laughs> so the movie was made on a budget of $3 million. I Google searched for over 20 minutes and couldn't find how much it grossed. So guess what? We don't have that portion of the show this week. Fuck right off. Okay, $3 million. And they had the worst graphics that I have ever seen. I know I'm jumping the gun here. I was thinking that it was actually pretty good. The but like for what they got out of three million dollars, I mean, granted they don't have a huge ensemble cast, but they had to make the interior of the cave, the interior of the spaceship, they had to make all the costumes, they had to make the prop for the doctor, they had to turn him into a giant spider. 
They had to do the green screen effect. I feel like that probably cost the most. No, I feel like the computer effects probably did, which is hilarious because everybody wants to talk about how bad they are. I'm like, it's also 1997, bro. Yeah, maybe. But hey, like we've talked about, I think, on the Mimic episode, millions of dollars, that sets us up for life. Millions of dollars in Hollywood? Nah. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. So the opening weekend was February 25th, 1997. Guess what its competition was? I hope you haven't read it on the notes. What? Dark Man 3. Die, Dark Man, die. It's not good. I've seen it. This is bad. Have you really? Yeah, babe. I have seen all the Dark Man movies. I don't even know what Dark Man is. Uh, it's something you're missing out on. And I think I could tenuously argue that it's a horror film. So we should probably watch it. <laughs> uh, it's this movie, not Dark Man, but rather Leprechaun 4 in space, has a runtime of 95 minutes. How'd you feel? You already commented that you thought it was short good not didn't leave you wanting left you satisfied yeah it was great hit hit everything that i needed it to hit and we just moved on which is nice it's fun because they kind of set it up for a sequel and they don't right in the sense that we'll get into it this is obviously a spoiler podcast i'm not going to keep saying it so everybody can fuck off he pops and blows up outside and his giant hand flips them off right so there's clearly some form of sentience he's still alive right so it's not to be and then also Leprechaun and the Hood and Back to the Hood are prequels to this because it fills the gap because that's like thousands of years in the future. So what's it fucking matter, right? It's kind of a spoiler-heavy movie. Like that's in the Hood, you don't have to worry that he's gonna die because you've already seen thousands of years in the future, unless he's the embodiment of greed and we're projecting. You see, that's why my theory makes this a more enjoyable film and those more enjoyable films rather. Yeah, I like it. You should argue with me. Tell me you don't like it, even if you do, so that we have some banter back and forth. Let's let's get conflicted. Make ad hominem attacks about me. <laughs> Just kidding. Just I kidding. know better than to argue with you. It's a good idea. <laughs> How I make my money. Uh, so the movie was directed by Brian Trenchard Smith, who made 59 films. The only one that caught my eye was BMX Bandit. Uh, Bandits, rather. Um, the reason that stuck out to me is because in doing research on the movie Turbo Kid, which you and I both enjoyed, you a lot less than me. Uh, it seems that it was heavily inspired by BMX Bandits. That's pretty much all I got for that fool. I like Turbo Kid. Yeah, but I'm saying I liked it more than you did. I'm not saying you didn't like it, but I was like, okay, right. Did you not see me prematurely ejaculate while watching that movie? <sighs> the first time somebody explodes, I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is everything I've ever wanted in a movie. I remember. Honestly, that movie is amazing to me because it took what was a short, which is like a trailer, kind of like what Kung Fury did, and it made a feature film that was fun throughout, as opposed to like Kung Fury, I think I tried to watch the, I guess, closest to feature length that we have, like the 20 plus minute version, and your eyes glazed over in like 10 seconds, like too much, can't do it. <laughs> I liked it, but I liked it more as like a master craft and like what you could do with green screen in a garage, but I don't think the story holds up, so... We're getting pretty far off. We are. My bad. Actually, it's me. You're not getting off the point. You're just being nice and polite and following <laughs> me as I go off into the weeds. Well, I was just going to like bring it back and say that this movie, as you were saying, very often my eyes will just glaze over and I will either fall asleep or just you know play on my phone. But uh, this movie, I was in- engaged throughout, I think. I shouldn't have told you that you when we did Leprechaun that you weren't going to be on that episode and that we were going to do another one because you were on your phone a lot 
And I, I, you, I don't think that you appreciate this movie as much as you could Whoa. have. No, I'm saying you could have enjoyed it more if you realized how bad the first Leprechaun was because oh, no, I didn't I get did. like, much joy at all. I, and that's why I was on my phone. That's, that's the point. You didn't suffer with the movie. <laughs> Brian and I talked about on the episode, like the movie The Shining. If you're distracted and you don't get the build and you don't suffer through that long buildup to when the like rising action happens, then it's not as good. Same kind of thing here. So, the movie was written by Dennis A. Pratt. That's all. The nicknames for this one. This is going to be a tough one, and I want your input. You, you don't get to skate by and just steal my answers. It's time for nicknames. We called Warwick Davis Willow in the last one, uh, which is one of my favorite childhood films, but I don't think you've ever seen it. Is that right? I don't believe I have. Oh, God. Mad Modigan. No. Fuck, it's so good. <laughs> so, the trivia behind that, I already said in the last episode... George Lucas wanted the rights to do Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, and they were like, nah, dog. And so he's like, fine, fuck you. I'm going to make movies with hobbits and wizards and transmogrification. And he pretty much has made kind of a ripoff movie, but it's still really good. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why I just couldn't get into like the Lord of the Rings or Lord of the Rings books, rather, because it was so boring. Because obviously I loved The Hobbit. Super fast paced. You do it all in one book. Then you get to Lord of the Rings, takes three books to do the one thing. And especially like I had Willow as my best visual up until, because I tried to read the books before the movies, the Peter Jackson ones. And so my mental image ties a lot to Willow and then gone. Do you have any fantasy movies that you liked as a kid? No, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Harry Potter, obviously, but. That wasn't really when we were kids, though. I mean, was when we were. Young adults. Yeah. Okay, fair. So, do you want to call him Willow? I feel like it's cheating to call him Willow if you haven't seen Willow, but he did play Professor Grindlehook. Is that what it is from Harry Potter? He also played one of the uh, fucking goblins in Gringotts. Yeah, that's what I remember him as. He's a little fucking professor guy. The only dwarf professor who has Yeah, a no, I, I know, but I just can't remember the name. Fliffle-fwill. <laughs> Let's just call him Gringotts. It'll come to me. Yeah. Gringotts until advised otherwise. We got Rebecca Carlton as Princess Zarina. Uh, I want to call her Sheetar because she's dressed exactly like Sheetar from Blood Diner, and I'm obsessed with that movie, and I think you should just agree with me. Okay. Done. Uh, Brent Jasmer as Sergeant Books Malloy. This guy is the tragic hero of this film because he's so charismatic and likable, and yet he like barely acted after this, and his last acting appearance was on the Drew Carey show. I know. So uh, I was really taken with him. And then you had told me that he just did nothing after. I'm like, why? The only person who has like delivery. He's the only person who has like presence. I mean, he brought some great levity to it and was very like sarcastic with his relationship with. uh, Well, I won't say her nickname, but I have a good one for it. So do you think what I think that I nicknamed him while we were watching the film Rocky. What did I say? Tall Rocky. Yeah, tall Rocky. There you go. And I put six foot Rocky, but I think tall Rocky works. So let's do that. His best acting credit was he was in Linnea Quigley's horror workout. I know you don't know what that is, but there's some nerd who's going to go and be like semi-erect right now at the mere mention of Linnea Quigley's horror workout. So this now, is, is for you, like, nerd. like a real workout? It's a workout video I... from the Scream Queen herself, the gal who played Trash in Return of the Living Dead. Probably. Oh, hello. If I can watch, that's fine. I'll buy it for you on Laserdisc and VHS and everything. So we'll move on from, fuck, I forgot his name. Six Tall Rocky. Oh, God, that's going to be a tough one. Jessica Collins as Dr. Tina Reeves. 
I want to call her Dr. Barbie because she's blonde and she reminds me of Dr. Barbie. Okay. Cool. It's not that clever. It's just kind of sarcastic and shitty, but that's, she just doesn't, I don't know. I don't, not to like bimbo shame, but she does not come across as a doctor. She doesn't do anything particularly scientific. And then I she thought just she has was like, like the assistant though. Like I thought she was the assistant to the doctor. Well, her name is, her title is doctor too. No, that's, I, yeah, I guess that's true. But I guess you could be a doctor who assists another doctor, but whatever. Does that, does that like bother you as a woman that I did that? I can come back. I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> I don't want to like virtue signal and somebody be like, she could be a doctor or a physicist and a girl doesn't, but she's blonde and she's kind of ditzy throughout the movie and she's a doctor. And what well, else is that going to I do? think in this movie, it is acceptable saying in life in general, obviously raising a daughter, she can be anything that she wants. She should be anything she wants and she should be a better actress than Jessica Collins as Dr. Tina Reeves. So we move on. Guy <laughs> Sinner as... Dr. Mittenhan und Mittenspider. I have nothing for this one. I, we could call him... Dr. Spider. I don't know. Dr. Spider. Hmm. Well, because he's both. The doctor and he becomes a spider. How about this? We call him Dr. Glove Arachnid instead of Mitten Spider. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's terrible. Don't do it. It's way t- <laughs> it's a, That would be so exhausting. Oh, what's... Uh, he's a head with an arm. It's like a sperm. Right? Because did you you saw the part where he takes off, or where he's in the little robot machine and they take off the screen and he's a head with an arm. Yes. Yeah. So he's a sperm because he's a head and like a little arm. No good? Uh, sure, honey. No, come up. Argue with me. Come up with something better. I don't have anything better. So she's Dr. I, sperm. Uh, sure. Like I said, whatever you want to call him. You know that by the end of this, I'm just going to be calling him Dr. Spider. Or the doctor guy so then or whatever. We'll call him the doctor guy. I'll, I'll give you that one. I think that's fair. Harold, nobody gives a shit about Harold. Tim Colseri as a Sergeant Metalhead Hooker. I liked him quite a bit. I don't even know that I need to give him a nickname. Do you remember on RuPaul's Drag Race when they had the dudes who were like the stagehands be done up in drag? Yes. That scene where he's dressed as a lady reminded me of the best one of those gals. And I loved it. Absolutely. That was super entertaining and i it made me so happy that he was willing to do that and then just did it so well yeah so we could call let, i don't want to call him rupaul but what do we just call him drag race yeah because it's, it's butch for when he's being butch but then it's also femme for when he's being femme okay you hate it anyway i am just gonna call him metalhead <sighs> okay you're just taking veto power with all of these <laughs> trying to entertain you and the audience you're giving me this deadpan 20 yard stare <laughs> Debbie Dunning as Private Dolores Costello. She played Heidi, the tool girl in Tool Time well, on uh, Home Improvement. So oh, I knew I recognized her. Let's call her Tool Time. Tool Time. Done. And Lad York was Lucky, who dies first. The only reason I mention oh. this because I love that. The, you know, obviously you're dealing with luck because of leprechauns, but... He was getting lucky. Well, he also got dead first, so that's the point was on his way to getting lucky he was quite clearly not (laughs) so in terms of recapitation let's say you had to summarize this whole movie in one sentence what do you got a leprechaun goes to space to take over the throne and the princess and marry the princess so he can have all the wealth in the universe but he is thwarted by a wily group of space men and ladies and i think that's it right 
That's a run-on sentence. It is very long. But it's good. That's your refresher course for all of you as we embark on the sleigh-by-play. Not shaming you. There's a lot going on. I feel like you did a very good job. We start off the movie with a bad CGI asteroid and a worse spaceship. And you go right into this scene where you have this soldiers arming up and it's just like the aliens marines. The colonial marines, if you will. I don't know that you know the distinction, but whatever. My favorite part of this is seeing, and I I didn't mention his name before because I wanted to mention it here, Miguel A. Nunez Jr. as Styx in Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. He is the guy who, I don't think you've seen the movie, he's in a van with his girlfriend. His little brother comes and visits. He leaves and he keeps talking about how he needs to squirt out his butt because he had, ooh, those damn enchiladas. And so he's in an outhouse when he gets killed. So he's enchiladas. (laughs) And I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you remember it. Because I will remind you each and every time you refer to him, enchiladas. So that was my favorite part of that whole scene. And so I wrote, enchiladas guy, exclamation, three times. So then we cut into, you see, metalheads, metalhead. That's probably the best effect or makeup effect besides Warwick in the movie. What do you think? Yes, in the movie. Well... Not the spider. I don't. I feel like that's a, an amalgamation of makeup and creature okay, effects in okay. terms of like right. there, there's clearly armatures and stuff involved in okay. it. Okay. And I don't think that Doctor Sperm's torso thing is good makeup at all. You can see where the seams are, so it's kind of whatever. Then yeah, I think I like the metal head. Like at first I was like, oh, that's super cool. And then because we've watched so much face off, face off, and things like that, I started like analyzing it. And I'm like, oh, there's a seam there. Uh, you know, it's kind of like weird jutting out. But then I was, I just appreciated what they were trying to do. Yeah, there's one part like right at his temple where it kind of bulbs up. And I was like, that's a thumbprint. That's what that is. <laughs> They're like, wow, well, well. But it's cool. I think that the character as a whole is interesting throughout the movie. It, it, my instant reaction when seeing it was thinking of Gary Oldman in The Fifth Element when he has like the weird plastic version of that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I like this better. It's a nice visual. It's cool how it reflects. I'm sure there's some asshole on IMDb who's like, if you look in his forehead, you can see the camera. I didn't look for it like that. I just enjoyed it as fucking cotton candy fluff and moved on. Well, I think that the fact that it's metal makes it a little bit more spacey rather than, as you were saying, the plastic, which I feel like would be a little bit more fantasy or or not fantasy. What would you say? Lame. Okay, lame. I don't like The Fifth Element. People are fucking crazy about that movie. It is fun. How would you refer to that, though? Like It looks like hospital gear or something like that. New, like, uh, futuristic, I guess, is the word I was looking for. Yeah, I could see that. It, it, that looks more Star Trek futuristic. This looks more like gritty Starship Troopers futuristic, if you catch my distinction. Mm-hmm. Which is funny that I would say that because I'm a Star Trek guy. Uh, suck it, Robbie. We move on. <laughs> That's funny to me. And one other person. So I'm very excited about that joke. Moving on. There's the, this is the first time that they refer to him as the alien son of a bitch. Where they don't say leprechaun. They say alien son of a bitch. Did you catch that? Let me ask you. Before I mentioned it. Did you even notice that they didn't call him a leprechaun? Or that he didn't refer to himself as such the whole movie? No. No. Pretty subtle. Yeah. I'm like trying to think back right now. And I can't distinguish any. I mean. I wasn't looking for it. But I'll. I'll take your word for it. Sure. You should. I did research. <laughs> okay. You didn't. You're stealing my notes. You're looking at... Oh, yeah. 
you got Dr. Barbie and she's looking for Sarge Hooker. It, I loved so much. This established his character so well when she's looking for him and he says, you found him. I'm busy. What the fuck do you want? I was like, oh, wow. You're just a people person. Did you like that introduction? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I think that the sergeant was that line in and of itself was just like perfect for his personality throughout. I mean, I think it was a little overacted, but I think that's like the point, right? Right, right. Yeah. I, right. But yeah. I feel like he went to the Leslie Nielsen parody school of acting because he, I feel like he is clearly just doing a parody of other characters. Like they, he even kind of like aesthetically res- resembles Hicks from Aliens and stuff, the way that they present him. So I thought it was good. So we end up, this is where we establish evil doctor guys that we, we decided on. He pulls a Joseph Mengele and you can tell he's just evil from the very beginning with his little German accent. And there was instantaneous sexual chemistry between Tall Rocky and Dr. Barbie, which is like, ugh, God, the two prettiest people in this movie are gonna bone. And they don't even go to bone zone on the show. Not that I was looking for that. I was fine. Sure. I'm satisfied. (laughs) We cut down to the planet and we're in the cave and there's the bus. You mean the intestines. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What what is the fucking thing? No, it's not the Sarlacc because that's the pit in the ground. What's the fucking worm in Empire Strikes Back? Whatever. See, I can't remember because Star Wars sucks nuts. Suck it, Robbie. Moving on. <laughs> She's chained up and immediately I can tell that this show is fucking up my life because I see her and I think the goddess Sheetar from Blood Diner. She's chained to a wall and I think Giorgio from Castle Freak. This is the, my brain is going to be making these associations now and it's just kind of a scary prospect. <laughs> I love it. Because, you know, I watch a majority of these films with you. Some of them I just, you know, have to walk away from. But I, regardless, still am not making those connections. Like, I'm still thinking of other movies that I've seen, you know. So, like, you were saying how she was chained up. I immediately thought of Princess Leia. So. Ew. I know. Not in this house. You didn't. (laughs) (laughs) So he reveals himself coming out of the shadows and he's wearing a tuxedo with this like long, elegant cigarette holder. Uh, Did you like what he was doing there when he like creates the whole dinner of food and everything? Dinner of food. Yes, because there's dinners of air and dinners of. (laughs) Well, I I get what you're saying just because it turns into, you know, like jewels and things like that. So it was food originally and then it had changed. So yeah, it sounds ridiculous, but I I got what you were saying. So did you instantaneously, you know, he's like, sub girl. Did you like oh, that? Oh, yeah. Did- well, and I think you have to because his motivation is to try and seduce her to marry her so he can kill the king and become king himself. Right. Yes. So, I mean, I felt like that was a good introduction to the seduction. Nice. Mm-hmm. I like that Johnny Cochran over here with the rhymes. So one thing you can tell about this movie compared to even Leprechaun 1, for example, is this doesn't insult your intelligence. You know, we talked very heavily in the Leprechaun episode about how it's just very heavy handed throughout where it's like, oh, let me explain this. Oh, my power is a weak. It's redundant. Well, and that's it kind of played on the fact that it was a kid's movie like so it had to kind of make things obvious exactly right whereas this is like all right we've been established and now we're just moving on they don't explain why he's in space they don't explain how he got to space i'm so glad that they didn't because i think that just they don't even have like the scene of him kidnapping her which i was honestly admittedly i'm a little bit sad that i didn't get to see an action scene with warwick davis like kidnapping a princess 
but I'm okay with it because it's not an action movie. It's a horror movie. So we're just moving into here. There are two people in a cave. Let's just keep it going. Okay. But could you imagine him? Like, I'm sure you've played this out in your head. Yep. So how do you think that he would have done it? Because I think that it would have been very, was he going to like smack her over the head and like drag her off or magical, like do his magical powers and kind of. It's hard without knowing what circumstance she was in. You know, like if if she was, well, she was clearly a floozy. So I'm assuming that she was in some, you know, let's just assume inebriated state. I don't know. She's in the diner from Spaceballs, where they do the aliens <laughs> parody. That's what I'm thinking, and I've okay, chosen. Okay. That's my character choice. And I like to think that how would he snatch her out of there from the bar stool? Oh, he pulls. No, I was gonna say he pulls a Giorgio and pulls her up into the ceiling, but that's kind of boring. Oh, I know. He just does a chest burster because he does that kind of from the crotch later on. So he, rather than the chest bush, burster coming out and doing the Michigan J Frog, hello, my baby, <laughs> it's Warwick Davis. And he says, hello, my baby, and picks her up and whisks her out. And she's already blackout drunk because she's a floozy. All right. That's not very good. It's not my best work. You really put me on the spot there. Sorry. I figured you had like thought about this. No, I like had it. you That's- do. Well, because it's different. So if it's an action movie, I want just blood. Because he actually has a shootout, a couple of shootouts in this movie. And I was like, mm-hmm. hell yeah, I want more of this. <laughs> and then he's also a little cowboy. Like, I would love to see an entire little cowboy movie of this. Oh, yeah. Leprechaun in Wild West. Yep. And then there's a giant metal spider and a racist Kenneth Branagh. This is a great movie. Huh. You got the Wild Wild West reference, yes. right? Okay, it's making sure. Our back histories don't overlap very often, but I think that's one we've both seen. <laughs> so in either event, he shows her, he makes the dinner, he opens the shackles, and then it cuts back to the space marines. They do a little prayer, and I really love the line, I feel r- real safe now, don't you? Like It was such a shitty thing, but I feel like they just had the prayer so he could say that shitty little remark, which was great. Do you want to take over the slay-by-play from here? Sure. So ne- then we go back to the cave. And Back to reality, yeah. <laughs> and um, what do we decide to call him? Warwick Davis. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, uh, Gringotts. Oh, until yeah, yeah. you can figure yes. out Flitwick, <laughs> Professor Flitwick. Yeah. I remembered it. I am so good. You teach Harry Potter. And I, I rem- do not. Yes, you do. Every day. I made you a Whomping Willow for your classroom. Okay, that was just a theme. I made you a giant hand with a Patronus. Now you're just bragging. Yes. Yeah, I am. And I'm honestly very impressed with Flitwick. He doesn't do shit in the books. <laughs> he doesn't save anybody. He doesn't have a sword. He's just a little person, and I remembered that. I'm this this whole episode's a win just because I got to remember that. Okay. Flitwick, go. So tells the princess Sheetar. Sheetar. That they're going to get married so he can be the king. Yep. Right? And then she's like, uh, no. And he convinces her by changing all of the food to jewels and gold. And he's like, well, you are you could be the richest person in the universe. And she's like, okay, I can get into this. I feel you, playa. Right. Yeah, that's what she said. That's actually <laughs> a direct quote. <laughs> are you sure that wasn't from In the Hood? Oh, right. Yep. Sorry. Okay. So then it cuts outside. There's the purple skies that are stormy. I was like, that's a cute little effect. And the line I've seen worse, have you ever been to Detroit, just made me super happy. So I have to make sure that's highlighted. And then we cut back to the cave. Take it away. Uh 
So I think that after that... So the, the Marines are closing in on the cave. The guy with the lucky rabbit's foot, who they call Lucky, rubs it and goes inside. How did I miss that? Oh, yeah. Well, it, it's like a purple one. It's not like a white one, I don't think. Oh, okay. He goes inside. He sees the same Richards that Flitwick had just enticed Sheetar right. with. And he takes his helmet. He's like stuffing it and everything. Then what This happened? is the guy that was super annoying at the beginning. And he yeah. was the one asking everyone for cigarettes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Back on back on track so he's filling his helmet with jewels and then oh shit we skipped so as he's walking in there's like a little muppet style alien that he shoots at and then that tips off flitwick that he's there so then what happens sorry and then the one cool thing from star wars yeah oh pulls out a lightsaber which i was like what he has a lightsaber your reaction was great i was super impressed yeah that's one of the few things i knew about this movie going into it was that he had the lightsaber what yeah so i was just excited to see your reaction i was like it's what parenting is like when you like you know like ice cream is fucking great and then you get to see somebody else experience ice cream and so while you can't experience it for the first time how about this tying it back to horror it's like sleepaway camp i have already seen the but you hadn't seen the and so when you see the at the end she's the I get to experience the shock and awe of it for the first time through you. I feel like that's a lot of horror movies for you. Yeah. that's When we're watching together. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially like when we watched Mimic and I got to see your reaction when she put the two Polaroids mm-hmm. together to make mm-hmm. the face. I loved it so much because they gave that away in the trailers. And so in the movie, it wasn't even cool. I don't even get that m- moment of like, ooh, when I'm watching the movie. And so I just had to wait uh, tw- 22 years. Is that my math's correct? <laughs> And then I could see it through your eyes. Moving on. So anyway, chops the guy down. And he chops like he's a fuck, like he's little George Washington at the cherry tree. It's (laughs) fucking great. And then he takes his gun and then there, there's like a shootout between him and then the Marines. And I never realized I needed dwarf Mission Impossible until I saw that. No, another one. Maybe we should just start making these movies ourselves. Uh, we have a small Wild child West. that we could make being, <laughs> you know, uh, she's got red hair. She could be a little leprechaun. There you go. Anybody could do it better than the pro wrestler Hornswoggle. Oh, oh. the look on your face tells me that you, you want to. Tr- nobody wants to see that movie. Move on. <laughs> so then they're like in the shootout. Someone throws a grenade. He throws himself on top of it to save the princess and gets blown up. So right. romantic. And then you think, oh, he's dead. Come Never. on. Never. Yeah. Never. And he does it does he wink at this one? So he doesn't wink. What ends up happening is it like moves and I think you can oh, see a hand move. And then his, his whole head's eye- there. His he like smiles at this whole thing. Okay, face. okay, okay. I was like, but his they show his head specifically. For sure. Um which must have been so great for the like special effects department to have a dwarf because they only had to dig a pit half as deep. <laughs> to be able to have his head just oh, on the floor level. It's not ableist or anything. It's just the simple fact. It's logistics. I w- See, I wouldn't have even assumed that there was sand to dig into. I would have assumed that it was just like an empty floor underneath and they just... That's a lot of work. Oh, okay. Well, that, that was my assumption. I did not assume they were digging. So then... So there's the fake hand on the ground and the one goes, like, hey, give us a hand. And he throws the hand at him. And I didn't even know it was the princesses at first. That's how bad the hand was. I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be. Okay, yeah. I did not even realize that she had lost her hand until they're like, oh, we got to take her back. And and, oh, and then she said like, "Uh, hey, don't throw that. I can reattach it. That sounds right. Right? Yeah. Then I was like, 
oh, oh, I see what happened here. The thing that kind of breaks my heart about this movie is they totally ripped it off in Deadpool when he gets his or he cuts his own hand off and he's talking about how he's going to he's going to feel huge in the hand because he has a little baby. Right, right, right. When she's in the doctor's office, she has a little baby hand that comes out of the gauze. You remember that? I don't remember being small. I just remember it looking kind of like gooey. Little baby fingers. I don't remember. I, yeah, maybe I just. Maybe I'm I just projecting because I would have rather been watching that until I got to the, like, the good parts. Moving on. Uh-huh. One of the fellows takes a piss on the leprechaun's foot and then gets, like, shocked. That was weird. Okay, but that's the guy that later on... Yeah, comes out the pee hole. Right. Exactly. Okay. It does... There is continuity, but yeah. what inspired a guy to be sitting there at his typewriter coming up with this movie? And be like, so he's going to pee on the leprechaun who's going to go up the pee hole with reverse osmosis and be stored in the balls. <laughs> I don't think they went that far. Oh, okay. I feel like you have to address the logistical questions of it, though. I feel like they kind of worked backwards, where they were like, okay, we want the leprechaun... The leprechaun... Leprechaun? Sorry. Leprechaun do attitude. (laughs) To come out of this guy's penis. How do we justify him coming out of the penis? Ah, he pees on him, and then he gets shocked. It's like those little fish in the Amazon that'll swim up your pee hole, right? Right. Yeah, I think that what they started off was, we need to do an alien parody, because we're doing alien parodies through this whole fucking movie. Rather than do a chest burster, we're going to do a ball burster. And then, to your point, they just back uh, reverse engineered it from there. But it was, we'll get there. There's a tarantula in the science lab, which I thought was fun, because I immediately thought of the first Leprechaun movie where there's a tarantula at the crate. Kind of cute. We cut to the princess. This was awesome to hear you exclaim, because I was typing about the Leprechaun <laughs> Or not the leprechaun, rather, the tarantula. And you're like, babe, babe. What did she say? She's covered in bubble wrap. And she totally is. She looks just like the people from Dude, Where's My Car who are celebrating Zoltan. Did you see that movie? Uh, I feel like I did. Oh, so good. Or at least parts of it. It's the only I Ashton Kutcher like... movie I like. Yeah. Butterfly effect is terrifying. That was that was terrifying. Yeah, I saw the version of it where he gets butt raped and I was like, oh. Yeah. Nice. Like I said, maybe very uncomfortable. Because then he's a kid and he's drawn with the knives. And I, then it makes me wonder if every like troubled kid I ever knew had just been like butt raped in a hypothetical future. That's It's not a good look. Moving on. This is the way my brain works. Every <laughs> I, week I, I say know. weird shit. It's terrifying. So they're like going through her things, right? And the doctor's like, oh, this necklace that she was wearing shows that she's of noble birth. Because they had no idea who she was. Because she's unconscious right? because, the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. So they're like, oh, now we know that she's a princess. I mean, honestly, I would not have assumed that from that cheap ass necklace. Yeah. Bitch, you basic. <laughs> so Take this shit back to Tuesday morning. <laughs> I hope you have a receipt. Then the other doctor's assistant, Harold. Harold. Is trying to get like fresh with her while she's unconscious. And, like, is taking the bubble wrap off? Am I skipping ahead? You're skipping ahead. Oh, okay. Because this is the part where whichever army man it is at this point, I forget, where he, like, calls him cowboy and is, like, <laughs> in his face. And I remember, like, oh, hello, Harold. Are you going to get you some, dog? And then later on, he does it with, you know, Dr. Barbie and stuff. And then with Sheetar. A very odd little character. I liked it. Hypersexualized dweeb. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting and so he confirms that the entire cave was made of gold 
So that was interesting because okay. the, the lighting in there is no. so fucking terrible. You would never guess that it was supposed to have been gold. No. No, I said, I told you intestines. That's what it looked like to me. Not gold. But so that's what it was supposed to be. Anywho. So, so you, you're not going to understand the reference in these notes at this point. So let Papa take over. They cut to the little dance club, which is just the worst set I've ever seen. It reminds me of the cafeteria in Power Rangers, like Angel Grove High. It's just generic shit. And the guy is dressed in a tank top and fatigues. And the immediate thing that happens is I get distracted. And I think of the fact that the guile theme goes with everything. And I'm sitting there. Dun, 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 dun. You don't know what I'm talking about. And so the rest of the scene, I didn't care what they were talking about because all I was thinking about was my glory days beating the fuck out of people at Street Fighter 2. Oh. Oh, you didn't know. I say no. guile and do that song and you don't know that that's Street Fighter. No. I have shown you videos. This. I've shown you Mufasa trying to climb up from the Wildebeest to try and uh, put it into I your world. Now I know what you're talking about. Yes. But I would not have remembered otherwise. Well, so then naturally, Tool Time Girl wants to fuck this guy because who doesn't want to fuck Guile from Street Fighter, right? Can I <laughs> can I get a witness? So they go off to get the, their freak on and somebody makes a, um, what do you call it, STT joke. And they toast, here's to nasty sex and women who never say no. And then the pretty boy book, Tall Rocky's like, uh, Let's toast to Lucky, who's the guy who died. I was like, I hate everything about this scene. Like, it's just so, so bad. It's it's Starship Troopers without Paul Verhoeven doing amazing sardonic nature. I don't know if that's making sense to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. You've watched Starship Troopers with me, right? Yeah. Okay, there we go. But I just, with that scene, with the writing, it's just, it's so interesting. Because I have to think that this is just supposed to be a comedy. Right. Because, you know, it almost seems like it's written from a girl's point of view because I'm like, this is what guys talk about. Right. Okay. Or this is the joke that they that they would make. Right. Or the guy who is writing it just like hates military met guys or like the like those broy types and is like, oh, this is this is what they would say. Yeah. Right. I I feel it's. It's more aimless parody. And that's probably the point I should have made. When I'm talking about Paul Verhoeven's work, all of his tongue-in-cheek stuff, whether it's RoboCop or Starship Troopers, it's very pointed. And you could tell exactly what the message is. Whereas with this, like you're saying, I feel like he's just kind of like, fuck this type of person and fuck that type of person and fuck people who are smart and fuck people who are not. Right? Yes. Okay. And so... Anyway, so they go off and they're getting busy. And then she goes and reaches down his pants. And then he's like into it. But then he like very quickly is like, no, this is not okay. And it starts like screaming. Yeah. And there's bulging happening. Not the good kind of bulging. Oh, hello. And she's like, what? What is happening? Did I do this? What is happening? And then <laughs> the leprechaun pops out of his penis. I kind of wish it was more graphic. I like the spider. I would trade the spider to literally see like Ace Ventura 2 style. Oh my gosh. Like birthing out of the yes. dick of Warwick <laughs> Davis. Is that just so wrong? Oh my God. That would be incredible. It would. Uh, but that's the difference that 20 plus years makes. You know, if if I said that in the 90s, people would be like, oh my God, what? But nowadays people would be like, oh yeah, I saw a vine where that exact thing happened where a, a, a leprechaun crawled out of a man's penis. <laughs> And then, so once he's out of the penis, he's intimidating this poor woman who just saw him erupt from the penis. 
and he turns into a little cowboy man and shoots her gun out of her hand. And that's what inspired, I, I want to see Wild West yes. Willow. Or excuse me, Wild West. Does he Wild do, West. I feel like afterward he does the little twirl, right? He doesn't do it on the way out, but he does it in the way in. So when he's putting the gun back. back right, after he shoots her. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. I really wish they would have found a way to do a Mexican standoff. Was he also wearing a sheriff's star? Yes, he was. Oh, yes. That was so so, good. such a good detail. Like, honestly, I I <laughs> popped so hard for that. I think it's just, it's perfect. And if I was better at video effects, I would, oh, wait, I just had an idea. I'm going to make a meme. I'm making a meme. Are you excited? Uh, I can't wait. The hard part is going to be coordinating and making sure that I don't get overly excited and post the meme before this episode so that <laughs> it's not spoiled for people. Good luck with that. It's going to be really hard. <laughs> I have the, for a guy who is vegan and straight edge, I have the worst impulse control ever. So then he's like going around the ship and he's kind of like talking to himself, right? Love it. This is my, I pulled this quote. You do it in your best, please try. No. Come on. I was going to let you do it. What? It, what no pressure. I don't even. Do you know how to do Irish accents? No. You're, you're I'm a redhead. Terrible at accents. Just say it in your normal deadpan voice. <laughs> do it sultry. At least give me that. I want to try an Irish accent, but I'm, I am going to embarrass myself. Please do. Because he has that kind of squeaky voice, right? Yep. Am I try? I'm trying to like squeaky, think... gravelly Irish. <laughs> I don't think I can do it. I kind of have to pee, I'm, so I literally might piss I, on the floor. I am... Eternal as the sun. I just sound like an old lady. Yeah, you sound like somebody, like an old lady who's like patting herself down, trying to find her keys. <laughs> I am a, a eternal. Uh, you do it. Uh, fuck, I don't want to now. Okay, well, because now you, you're making me sound like I'm an expert. I'm not an expert in this shit. I didn't do a, a, an improv style warm up before this episode. <laughs> we didn't zip zap zop. So then he he just says, "I'm as I am eternal as the sun. I am a thousand demons from hell." Death and destruction are my game. Agony is my name. And then, sorry, I was going to read the rest of the note. That's it. My exposition, or my note continues, exposition about how alive. Because he just keeps talking. I was like, no, I get it. We know the rules of Leprechaun now. You just don't die. And that's what happens. But I thought, I found that like kind of hard to hear. Yeah. A little bit, like, and to understand. Kind of mush mouth in this movie. Right, because yeah. he's kind of muttering to himself. But then I th- I feel like if they're trying to give us exposition, as you were saying, like, it should have been more clear. Yeah, if exactly. that's Or maybe they're sort of like, ah, people or already to know. someone. Yeah, I don't Because he's soliloquizing at this point. Right, he's just yeah. walking around by himself, just talking to himself. But, um, okay, so we... Uh, you, not like a little lady. <laughs> patting himself. <laughs> yes. But we've made the joke on the show, you know, that's my new band name and everything. Obviously, this isn't the band name. But that's a bitchin' lyric for a power metal song, right? I am eternal as the sun. I am a thousand demons from hell. Death and destruction are my name. Agony is, or are my game. Agony is my name. Yes. I knew as soon as you heard that and you were taking notes, I was like, oh, no. Like, he is taking this to the next level. And I've already like, planned out my I, next tattoo. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get it like, a, like that fucking dork. When we were on the hike, who got the band around his calf, but that didn't match up in size, so you could clearly tell where the pattern broke. I'm going to get this whole thing wrapping around my calf, bruh. There you go. As long as it's, you know, as long as it connects, so it doesn't look like there is just an awkward space. That's the point. I want it to look like that. I want it to look bad as a reminder of this experience that we're having together recording this episode. (laughs) 
So, so it, what happens next? They cut back to the little Angel Grove High cafeteria and then oh, enchiladas. No, I wanted, it's just like a dive bar. So bad. The, the gels are what fucks it up because it's just so oddly colored and clearly empty. And it's just weird. It's not empty and desolate in the way they're trying to make it empty and desolate. Like an alien, you have a very small crew and that's it shows because some of the shots are very cavernous and it, it mm-hmm. makes you feel like very almost vulnerable. Whereas in this, it's like you fuckers didn't pay extras to be here or you rented a space that was too big i have no yes yeah agreed so uh this is where enchiladas makes another joke about how it's the 31st century and white men still can't dance wife i need you to tell everybody all of our listeners that i can dance like a motherfucker no you're a great dancer i am the one who can't dance it's so good i will never forget our first halloween as a couple oh the look on your face when i was busting a move and then you just walked away (laughs) Like, you couldn't even try. I know. It, it was, you were on a whole nother level. Yeah. It's crazy when you consider my background growing up, listening to hardcore and Gorilla Biscuits and whatnot. <laughs> and then I end up, yeah. But now it's a staple of our lives because we do dance party every That's morning That's what I was going to say. And you can teach your daughter to dance. And you already are starting. And it's oh, it's amazing. hilarious. So then. Oh, this is so gnarly. I'm excited that you're going to do this. Oh, this is where they do the baby growth hand or whatever. And then. You know, Harold's sniffing her and he's going to get all like, and then Dr. Mitten Spider's on the video screen behind him. Nothing great really happens, but you establish that she's growing back her hand that was cut off. So that plays in later. But I'm excited for you to talk about the waste scene. So please, by all means. I thought you were excited for me to tell what you just told. And I was like, well, you just did it. Oh, no, no, no. That's, (laughs) I really want to get your opinion because this is the only part that's like even trying to, I feel, be a serious horror film in the waste scene with the hazmat suits you remember this yes and so okay so they go into a part of the ship right where the doctor is like no you can't go in there because there's bacteria like flesh-eating bacteria yeah right and so to go in they have to put on these suits the you know hazmat suits but they have to go into this like weird chamber beforehand where there's just smoke coming down from the ceiling and it reminds me of when we go to the hockey games and they have the okay the um like fire extinguisher kind of steam going over the players yes exactly i thought and, for but, sure and you... i like because he kind of like shimmied through it because it was clearly only shooting from one spot so he goes in and he's kind of like i don't know like shimmying through it so he, it looks like he's getting his whole body it was very funny. I'm super me. surprised you went to minor league hockey instead of going to the office where Dwight does the whole, the tea in Peru is far hotter. Do you remember that? Yes. That's what I thought for sure you were going about. So keep going. No. This is what you've done to my life. Thanks a lot, honey. What do you mean? I've ruined the <laughs> sensible, conservative person you used to be. Now you're like, liberal agenda. Smash the patriarchy. No, my life revolves around hockey hmm? and horror movies now and a fat baby that i put inside you and <laughs> yeah. took out of you so anyway so they go actually into the waste area i guess this bacteria area and the leprechaun wait hold on it's bacteria no good eh. okay the leprechaun too much what? effort for me yeah the leprechaun has a little suit on that's so awesome it is so good <laughs> So they kind of like split up and they're like, you go this way, you go this way. And then the, the, um, then Flitwick takes out like a switchblade 
Right? It's a box cutter. Oh, is it a box cutter? It's a, I think it, it's the same little like shillelagh that he has, but a box cutter comes out of the end of it, which oh, is okay. so much funnier to me than having like brandishing some blade or knife because it's like he's using magic to be literally as minimalist as you need to be to kill somebody in a hazmat suit. So keep going. <laughs> so he slashes the suit, right? And then so now the bacteria is getting inside. and On, on the one dude. Yeah. Right. But Not the, the good-looking one. Yeah, good-looking dude gets hydraulic, what you know, red fluid on him, and he's like, "Oh, it's like hydraulic fluid." And it's like, "Bitch, you know that's blood." Yeah, that's the first thing that I was like, "Why would you assume that it's not blood?" Anyway, yeah. you're chasing around this leprechaun who is killing people, and you don't assume it's blood. Naturally, it was very bizarre. So, so the other guy Mooch, who I didn't give a nickname to because I thought Mooch was fine becomes this like gooey skeleton which i was like that's kind of fun I right because he runs over and he's like no we gotta get him out and he's like pulling him out and then they get it into that antechamber where they debug them and they turn him around and he's just goo i'm like oh that's good i like that effect did it remind you of anything kind of reminded me of like the melting <laughs> from indiana jones kind of had like it's all melting the last off. Arc? yeah yeah which what is why I don't like of? Indiana Jones, because he's boring as shit, and it's the same movie if he's in it or not. But either way, do you remember Are You Afraid of the Dark? No, I didn't. Ugh. Well, there's a uh, an episode, I think it's The Tale of the Dead Man's Float. Let me show you this image. It's really great radio. That's what it reminded me of. And that was on a children's show in the 90s. Terrifying. Treat yourself. Google it. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Pool. First thing that comes up is what I thought of. And so I gave, I gave extra credit to the movie for reminding me of my youth and making me feel nostalgic. We grew up in a very interesting time. I mean, I feel like you kind of think that I'm very weird for my horror interests. Like, while I didn't know anybody who liked horror as me, there was like already burgeoning content like Goosebumps and you know, Eerie Indiana and Are You Afraid of the Dark. To I don't kind think of that you're weird for liking horror now. I feel like there is a concern that you were watching it when you were five. But like that's a show for children. That's the thing. And that's my, my point is like socially I was ostracized. But how like how would you expect a child with my attention span to ignore our real monsters if it's on TV? You mean it's a bunch of monsters no, who No, it wasn't eat your garbage? job. It was your parents' job. Nah. Anywho. It had bright colors and it kept me quiet for a couple minutes. I can't blame them. <laughs> so then there's a Full Metal Jacket reference. And they, I, I don't, and I have seen Full Metal Jacket maybe once so all the, the way through. The, the line in that movie is rip off your head and shit down your neck. And this is something the same. It's just the doctor with the head making a comment that's very similar to the boot camp scene. Yeah. Uh, then we cut to Mitten Spider. Mitten Spider, evil Dr. guy. Dr. Spider. Dr. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, he reveals himself to be a robot sperm where he has just a head and a hand and the rest of his body, which I believe is meant to be an homage to the menagerie. Suck it, Robbie. Because Star Trek is so much better where yeah, you're looking at me like nothing. Christopher Pike, he's in this. Yeah, I know I've he, seen this episode with you. Wh- oh, yeah? What, wh- how does he say yes and how does he say no then? I don't think you've seen this episode. This is this is TOS, not TNG. He's in that black box and there's the two lights in the front. And it's after he's had some terrible accident. That's, I think, what it was, this was supposed to be a nod to. But whatever. I thought you showed me the episode. I show you a lot of things. Yeah, that's true. I don't remember half of them. <laughs> yeah. Forcefully block them out of your mind. And so this is a great line with Warwick Davis, again, to himself, Professor Flitwick, I'll wed her, bed her, and bury her all on the same day. 
and talking about that he was going to be marrying the princess and killing her immediately so he could have her. Because he didn't want to share the wealth. Yeah, exactly. Because he's talking about gold and everything. And then he's like, share, share. I don't want to share. Yeah. That was kind of a fun little expository splurb. (laughs) I'm sorry. I couldn't get past the attitude, like his attitude for like towards her, towards the princess. Mm -hmm. Sheetar. Yeah. (laughs) They have this great back and forth and I know I'm jumping the gun, but like they are just so shitty to each other. Yeah. And it just makes me so happy because she is also just as greedy. And so she's like, oh, I'm going to marry him and I'm going to kill him so then I can have all the wealth. And then he's thinking the same thing. So that I know that's not totally later. It's good. One of the things that this movie does well we complained about it on the Leprechaun episode. Like, nobody learns a lesson. Nobody comes out of this movie better. No. Sheetar doesn't come out of this being, like, some fucking saint. It's just shitty people being shitty. But this movie does a better job of, like, kind of making light of it. So, this is the part where Tall Rocky and Dr. Barbie are on the hunt for him. And so, he locks Tall Rocky to a grate. And then he shoots fire at him repeatedly, missing him, even though he's a stationary target. And then they knock down some pipe. And fire goes in front of the leprechaun, who then is unwilling to cross the fire to get to them. My question to you is how one can be a master of fire as such to cause a projection thereof, but then would be afraid of it. Did that, did you catch that? Well, because he, I don't know if he wasn't expecting it or he, like, it was, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a reason why. You're trying to give it an excuse. It doesn't need one. It just doesn't make sense, right? No, I felt like when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. Let me put this in terms you could understand. Frozone from The Incredibles. Yes. Shoots ice. Yep. And then there's ice in front of him. He's like, whoa. (laughs) Doesn't work. Right? I guess that's true. I'm not trying to steamroll you. It's just my method of thinking. No, I understand what you're saying. But you like overanalyze everything. (laughs) And for me in the movie, I'm just like, oh, all right. He just is not crossing the huge wall of fire that's in front of him. Like, what did, did you expect him to like levitate over it? Or just walk through it. But it doesn't say, like, just because he throws fire doesn't mean that he can't get burned. But it doesn't matter if he gets burned. He just got blown up with a fucking grenade and he comes back. Yeah, I'm sure it still hurts. Oh, so it's kind of like that Wolverine thing where he's, like, glowering at his knuckles. And he's like, it hurts every time they come out. See? But I'm a to- but then he, he, I don't know. He's a badass. Warwick don't give no shits. Or Flitwick don't give no shits. That's a shirt. How about that? <laughs> Which one? The professor or the leprechaun? I feel like maybe doing a face where it's Flitwick's face on the leprechaun's body on top of a mountain of triceratop shit. Just get all of the references in one foul swoop. Oh my goodness. Yep. Let's move on. <laughs> Please. So there's a really cool shot where... At this point, they're all pursuing him because they've established with Mittenspeider that they're going to get a huge bounty and, you know, mining rights and everything if they can kill the fucking leprechaun. Yes. So they've divided and tried to conquer. And then the one dude who's a super coward is trying to, you know, save himself. So he leaves Enchiladas and he goes running off. And Enchiladas has his, like, little sensor that at one point is working and it's very similar. And I think it's supposed to be an homage to Alien, the first one, where they're using the motion sensor. Mm Mm-hmm. And so this guy runs off on his own and he's trying to like bargain with the leprechaun. Right. 
And there's a great little shot where you see his little creepy fingers ticking mm-hmm. on the pipe. That oh. was so good. I liked it. I wish they did more little subtle, eerie things. But this movie's so heavy-handed, I don't think there's really spot for it. That's true. So he ends up calling the guy over. Hey. Killing him. You know, no, not quite yet. Okay. Not quite yet. Oh, fuck. We've gone too far. We've gone too far. <laughs> we have to draw back to when the gal from Tool Time is lamenting the death of her little cock fiend boy and she says but i'm the one who gave him the boner i loved that so much that was the zangief in uh, street fighter quick change the channel where it's it is such a stupid thing but you can't tell like how aware it's supposed to be you don't have any idea of context what i'm talking about do you no okay anyway going back well hang on the funny part was when the sergeant was just like, he would have wanted it that way. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, if I had my choice, I would die the same way. And then she, being the sleuther that she is, is like, oh, oh, hey, are you trying to come on to me? Did you see that look oh, that yeah. she gave him? Okay. I was giving him that look the whole time because the appliance with the shiny chrome on his head. Oh, well. So there's I'm surprised all- Dr. Barbie wasn't like, oh, hey, I could see myself in this. <laughs> hey, now. So the, there's a great little safety video that the leprechaun does where he cuts off two of his fingers, oh, right. lights a third one on fire, oh. and then says that Shakespeare said it best, shit happens, and then immediately starts singing Oh Danny Boy. <gasps> this is schizophrenia and celluloid, right? It, I loved it. I thought the safety video was great. I forgot about that so when he ends up killing the dude who's trying to bargain with him he literally just crushes him with some crate that falls from the sky very similar to like a wily coyote or something like that and he says oh smashing simply smashing that's the kind of this a plus writing i was looking for with this movie right that's why i like this hat like i said this has to be a- well yeah i think i mean this movie comes out far enough after the successes of stuff like Friday the Thir- or um, Nightmare on Elm Street and the sequels, where the character you're rooting for the villain, you're coming back for the villain. You're not coming back yeah. to see Jennifer Aniston, yeah. and so we're all rooting for him in, in various ways. And that's why so many characters are, are pieces of shit. You know, everybody else is hedonistic and selfish, but then the guys, the the two people who, well, I guess the three people who live are not selfish. You know, you have tall Rocky who wants to mourn his friend Lucky. You have Dr. Barbie, who wants to science or whatever. And you have Enchiladas, who's just there to booze and hang out. He his, Make money. Yep, yeah, make that money. The doctor reveals that the injury from the experiment, because he was experimenting on himself and trying to make his body a vessel for a living computer. Yeah, because he wanted to be the first yeah. living computer, right? And then it went horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. And he ends up with just a sperm, yeah, torso and an arm. And immediately when he like revealed himself for the first time, I was like, "Oh, this is Wizard of Oz." And then they make a reference to Wizard of Oz. But well, I just uh, love that Harold ends the scene by being like, "Cool." (laughs) I would pay money to have somebody edit this entire movie and have every single scene end with Harold being like, "Cool." Cool. (laughs) Then after he reveals himself to be this monster <laughs> flitwick is on right we we jumped back to the other scene where the 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 girl what was her nickname tool time oh yeah tool time has like found him and they're on this 
little walkway and he's like picking her fingers off one by one because she's whoa 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 you're skipping you're skipping what she shoots the fuck out of him and he like explodes you don't remember that she shoots him in the head blows his head off shoots him in the chest he literally explodes and then reforms out of just one leg that was like one of the cooler effects of the movie right but he's obviously comes back well yeah but you have to address the fact that he gets blown to bits that's super rad you don't care at all <laughs> you know how much they probably spent on squibs to blow well, that up a is dummy true yeah so then you're right. She falls and she's holding on to the gangplank and he starts pulling her fingers off one by one. And she goes. I felt like that was, I feel like I was drawn to that because it was more suspenseful. Yeah. It's more right? menacing. Oh, right. That's the same thing with the ticking of the nails. Because I knew he was coming back. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. I, I don't know. I skipped over because I'm like, okay, this just keeps on happening. Sorry. Anyway, the more suspenseful part for myself. He's going to kill her. They're all at the door trying to get in, but he's locked it with his magical powers, right? Yep. Um, so they can't get in, and they're too late. She falls, and then... um. So then the team goes down to her dead body, and... Well, she's not dead. She's dying, and she's like, kill him for me, doc, or whatever. And what I thought was cool is that Enchiladas grabs her gun, so that doesn't go to waste, especially in an action movie you see so often where people just like walk by ammunition right. or walk by a gun. And, and you're like, hey, you're going to need that. Fuckhead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yelling at the screen. Like, I do that a lot. I do. Oh, and there's a great scene where the doctor, spermicidal Spider-Man, reacts to seeing Warwick Davis for the first time because Harold has barricaded them in this lab. And he, so the leprechaun acts like Dr. Barbie naked. And she's like, I need your help, Harold. I'm going to suck your dick off. Let me inside. And Harold's like, yes, please. Oh, no. Wait, sorry. Strike that. Cool. <laughs> yeah. so he invites her in. And then the doctor sees the leprechaun for the first time. He's like, you're the monster. And starts laughing at him. It's not going to end well for your bud. No. So how does he kill Harold? This was one of the parts that you just chortled with laughter at. <laughs> because he carries his little shillelagh with his little knife, right? Mm -hmm. And just stabs him. And... Well, he kicks Harold in the balls. And so Harold's outside. Or no, he doesn't kick him in the balls. He hits him with the shillelagh right. in the balls. Harold then takes the shillelagh and pulls the blade out and stabs Flitwick through the back. And he's like, ah! And then looks down at it like, this ain't shit, bitch. And then throws a tray at Harold's face and literally turns it into a giant oblong pancake. Very similar to the, the battered girlfriend scene of Blood Diner. If you're listening to this episode and you haven't watched Blood Diner and you haven't listened to that review, you're cheating yourself. There's so many references I'm going to be making from now until the end of time. Go back and do it. <laughs> Did you like it or was it too hokey? Was that like jumping what? the shark? No, I, I loved it. Like I said, I laughed. And I was just like, this is just perfect. Because it's just, it's meant to be silly. Yeah. Right? And it's just, it was very cartoonish, for, uh, you know, because he, <laughs> the tray falls off the face and it's just flat, but he, it obviously still has like the eyes and the nose and the mouth. It's just silly, but it was great. I Like I was not expecting it. I think that's why it it made me very happy. There was a part where I laughed immediately after that where he wakes up the princess with a kiss and she screams. And he's like, <laughs> she loves me. It was, I don't know why I thought it was so funny, but just the silliness of that whole scene was awesome. And then they start conspiring against Dr. Glove Arachnid and they take the concoction that they made of the alien princess's DNA to regrow his body. They add a tarantula, they add a scorpion, they whip it up. Blended it up 
for in a shake. And they inject it into the back of the head with just terrible spatial acting. Like, yes. like you could tell it's not going into his brain. But I get that cost money, so whatever. There's a shootout in the lab. Uh, Dr. Barbie gets acid poured on her, so it gives her an excuse to take her fucking pants off, which was cool. <laughs> so ridiculous. I thought that was silly, but whatever. So, then, so she's running around half naked. Mm-hmm. Flitwick ends up putting explosives on the sergeant, right? He's covered in explosives, and he's completely Mad. yeah, mind-altered or whatever. Right. And why doesn't he just do that in the first fucking place? <laughs> if you have mind-apparating explosive power, right. you just win. But whatever, I get that we have to have something to watch. This is where the prince... Oh, God. The princess shows them her tits. These are not good boobs. I'm no. going to be honest with you. I was not a fan. I mean, I'm not... I, you know, I'm not upset at it, but I was expecting something more. If you're going to... like, Especially if you're the young actress and you know that people are going to judge you based on this, this is not the film that you do it in. This You get the boob job first. You ask for an advance on your pay for this movie so you can wow them, right? <laughs> Agreed. Well, and I thought it was very funny because, like, her costume is clearly like a push-up bra. Yeah. Because you don't, I when I, that was, like, her boobs were revealed, I was like, oh, eh. wow, those are really just tiny. Who took the beads out of those hacky sacks and stapled <laughs> them to her chest? Well, whatever. I mean. So then you find out that when you show your bare breast. Wait, I'm sorry. Yeah. Are we doing, like, trivia Sure. Now? Because didn't you mention, like, I don't know. I was like, this movie, like, you're showing tits. And I was like, okay, I get some, you know, scary movies sometimes do this. But I'm like, this seems a little bit more provocative than that. I was like, was this meant to be, like, a porn movie at one point? Or... I had looked into it. I think that I was misspeaking because I I had done research already on the Ice Cream Man movie. Uh, And I believe that was directed by a guy who did porn. Okay. Yeah. This one, I mean, you couldn't tell. I've seen porn parodies with better production value than this. (laughs) I'm I'm not even saying that to be funny. It's just a simple fact. I know. So apparently when you show your bare breasts in that culture, it's a death sentence. And... Then they go back to the lab and the doctor's missing. So that's kind of fun. The sergeant in drag does his musical number with tangos with book. Enchiladas hits him. Blah, blah, blah. He gets knocked out and then he comes back and gets knocked out. While I like the idea of him in drag dancing around, it was a little bit long on the tooth, right? Yeah, I think that was the only scene where I felt it was a little dragged out. But I mean, if you're going to get dressed up in drag, you better make it, you know, worth it. You better work. There we go. Three snaps. If Skylar is listening, it is not four snaps. It's never been four snaps. It's always three snaps. We move on. It cuts to the doctor and he's pulling a Giorgio from Castle Freak. Again, you got to listen to every episode, man. Do your homework. Follow up. He looks in the mirror and starts to see that he's mutated in this monster creature and he's repulsed. That, it, it was gross. Yeah. Fucking gnarly. They cut back. He's trying to type in his last log entry. But he calls himself Mittenspider and he's like freaking out. I thought it was kind of interesting that he stops being a man. You know, it's kind of like the fly, help me, where he's like losing his humanity. (sighs) Yeah. Which, I mean, there are a lot of references in this. I think that's pretty clearly supposed to be a reference to the fly. Hmm. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. What'd you think? It was, I thought the makeup slash like character work was great. And the acting, I mean, in that whole get up was really good. And I liked that he was, you know, like you were obsessed. He started obsessing about like eating flies and just becoming spider-esque. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. It cuts back to Drag Race and he's pulling this like Robin Williams impersonation when he goes between like the big tough soldier and the frail woman and he keeps yelling. 
Eventually, Dr. Barbie tricks him into trying to take a bayonet and stabbing her, stabs it into an outlet. Mm. He goes, snap, crackle, pop, his head explodes. You find out that he's been a cyborg the whole time. Which, this annoyed me. Okay, I get that it's supposed to be a reference to Alien, right? But earlier in the movie, they established that Tall Rocky got saved by the, I guess now, cyborg drag race mm-hmm. guy. And the reason he has the metal plate is because of saving him and he sustained an injury. If you're a fucking robot, just p- buy a new forehead, right? Like, I don't know. Why even pretend to be human? Yeah, that is a good point. I didn't think about that. That was interesting. I don't know. That was a weird reveal. Because I wasn't expecting that at all. Were you? It doesn't add anything. Yeah. No, it doesn't. And that's the thing. I was just like, oh, okay. Well, also. There was no consequence to it, though. Like, there wasn't like a. Right. And I thought for sure what it was is that he had like partially prosthetic brain because part of his brain was blown out because of this injury. Right. And they're like, no, he's a cyborg. Okay. Right. I feel like it's just like, oh, this is something that's in space. Right. Yeah. Well, it's like, would a rose by know. any other name be less sweet? It's like, he's still a heroic character. Right. But then it makes it even weirder because if he's a fucking cyborg, how did the leprechaun use mind powers on him? Are we saying that the leprechaun is now a hacker? What is this? There's a lot of implications. I don't think that the writer really <laughs> took into account. Didn't think that he thought that the, a married couple would be in their garage yelling about this movie 20 plus years later. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, moving on. So then Flitwick has now set the ship to self-destruct, right? And he has put a force field around the only escape pod in the ship. So they're all trying to figure, like, they're all now trying to find him or trying to stop the countdown, right? And the only way that they can do that is in the lab with Dr. Spider. And so... What's his face? What what was the name nickname of that guy? Enchiladas. Oh yeah, Enchiladas. Is in the lab. He was sent first, right, to try and figure this out while they were gonna try and find Flitwick to try and get the force field off around the ship. He can't figure out the password because Dr. Spider has now put him in webs and it's he's hung him up from the ceiling, right? Yeah. And so then Dr. Barbie comes in. And she, you know, sees him and runs to him and he's like, no, no, watch out. And then the spider tries to get her as well. And then she, I do not remember this. By this point, it cuts to the warehousing area, the cargo bay, let's say. And the princess tells the leprechaun Flitwick, she's like, you're ugly. And he's like, takes one to no one, ass fuck. And he puts a bunch of zits on her face. He gives her a a mirror and then he knocks her out with his shillelagh. And then he's like, ugh, and he makes the zits disappear, which I thought was interesting. I mean, the the varying degrees and impressions of beauty and whatever, but it was just needlessly, it was like weirdly violent to just hit her over the head. I was, that was more cringy to me than him making the lady fall off the gangplank. Is that weird? Yes. It's like in Carrie when uh, John Travolta smacks Chris Hargison, you're like, ugh. That's so real. Like, that's so easily possible to hit somebody in the head like that. I didn't like it. It's not nice. Not polite. Cut back to enchiladas. He continues to hack from the web, which I I was wondering if there was supposed to be like a worldwide web kind of a joke there. More of a shootout in the cargo bay. Uh, Dr. Barbie tries to shoot. Her gun gets jammed. Flitwick ends up going into a growth ray because, you know... I don't know how you get to this point by having a giant leprechaun. If you get there by 
wanting to have a giant leprechaun so you create this contrived growth thing i think that the idea for having a grow and shrink ray on a spaceship kind of makes sense because cargo capacity the amount of fuel you need to get in and out of an atmosphere it's limited space so he becomes this giant leprechaun what do you think of that do you like giant leprechaun do you not like giant leprechaun I do like Giant Leprechaun. And I also, when you first were saying your um, theory about what the Leprechaun represents, and you're talking about greed, and I was like, oh, so that I immediately went to Giant Leprechaun, and I was like, just greed just continues to grow. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, you know, does it represent that? So, uh, you know, I liked it. I, I don't think that it took away from the movie. Yeah, it's fine. It's a fun yeah. plot. It's silly. And by this point, he's not the threat, right? It's Mitten Spider who's the threat. Right. Yeah. And the the countdown. The final. To self-destruction. I, I didn't do it the first time, but I did not have the self-control not to do it the second time. <laughs> and if you hear the final countdown and you don't think of Daniel Bryan, just turn it off. Or I guess I should say Brian Danielson. Wow, I almost screwed that up like an idiot. I almost got judged. So then Tall Rocky is the only one left to try and defeat him. So he takes off his shirt for for some reason. <laughs> yes, I don't know. And then he's like hiding in the cargo and he's just, you know, I felt like that scene was a little long too, to be honest with you. It was. I feel like two or three sight gags are good. He yeah. looks down his pants and he's like, oh, it's good to be big. I was like, yeah, there's a funnier line there, but I, I mean, you got to do it. Yeah. So at that point, the fact that he keeps doing the fee-fi-fo-fum kind of thing is just a little ne- unnecessary. Right. But at this point, I feel like the whole last... 20 minutes you could have turned into five and i would have been fine barbie goes back to dr spider pants guy i thought it was really interesting if you look closely his insectoid eye actually has glowing led lights in it which is kind of weird because then i was like did you put in like a flashlight in the blender when you were making the dna concoction because no i think that's just part of the computer right because he's like he's supposed to be like a human his body was part of oh shit dog so then the computer is now right it's all incorporated spider computer human all mixed one of those three-way venn diagram kind of things right i dig that all right i smell what you're stepping in so this is where i was yeah this is where where, yeah he takes her pants he apparently she didn't lose her pants in the acid she lost her pants with the spider that was the weird thing where she's like crawling through the grate and he just like or the vent and he just whisks her pants off yeah because they were clearly tearaway pants oh, for and i had sure. said that i was like tearaway pants <laughs> they didn't look like it but anyway so that was but kind convenient. of me wishes that she was wearing the tearaway pants like the nba players wear with the buttons on the side right. and then as soon as he rips them off it's da 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 okay <laughs> and then you have the, the liquid nitrogen which is conveniently placed directly next to this computer and not only is it conveniently placed there, it also has a hose. Yes. Love it. Yeah. I mean, I was like, could you, you know, have hit, you know, something off and then it would have sprayed him or no. Nope. It's just very convenient. It squirts all, all over him. So, he says, help me, which is, you know, your homage to the phone. Yeah. And then he shatters like the T-1000. Do you think that's a good demise? Okay. Is it bad that the help me part reminded me of <laughs> Emperor's New Crew? Oh, you would. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, wife's favorite movie of all time is Emperor's New Groove. And how many times have we watched that together as a couple? I I put it on when I'm sick, and so and Not I even and just I fall when you're asleep. Sick, 
Well, no, I do put it on a lot, but mostly. So I think I'll, you have probably watched it more than me lately yeah. because I, you know, use it to fall asleep. I'm going to say at least good. 17 times in the five years we've been together. <laughs> All the way through from beginning to end, not including the clips, not including Kronk's New Groove, not including the animated series, just the full movie 17 times. But do you know the part what I'm talking about? Oh, We're absolutely. <laughs> I know all of the parts. <laughs> oh, anywho. So, yeah. Nah. So they open the airlock. They suck the leprechaun out into space. He pops. He up. You get the uh, the drums, the dun, 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 which is your nod to 2001 A Space Odyssey. And uh, the hand from outside the window flips them off, thus signifying that he is eternal and he's still alive, just like Greed. And the movie concludes. And do you want to read off of the notes the quote that I pulled from you? Because I thought it was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> well, because you see the enchiladas, uh, Dr. Barbie and tall Rocky all hugging at the end, celebrating because they figured out the code, right, to the self-destruct. And so I'm like, oh, look, the black guy didn't die. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to even mention so for some reason, Tall Rocky is the only one who can come back, and he encourages Dr. Barbie to think of the code, and they stop the self-destruct. That made no sense why he was the missing piece to do that, but whatever. It's because he is her soulmate, honey. Mm. He is her missing puzzle piece. Okay, Shell Silverstein, we're moving on. <laughs> we got some shit to get to. We had some fan submissions. Oh. Rise Horror House, R-Y-S-H-O-R-R-O-R-H-O-U-S-E says, worst in the franchise, the CGI is so fucking bad. What's up with Dr. Mittenhead? First off, I you're like wrong. Mittenhead. Why did we not use that as the nickname? I probably should have. Oh, man. Good one. Um, I don't think that the CGI, it doesn't really bother me because I grew up watching Reboot, and this is like on par with Reboot, and like Beast Wars. So I'm like, eh, whatever. I like it. It was bad. It was super bad, but it's just like it's also not integral. If they would have done like if they would have had the balls to do like a, a a Death Star style like trench run in these shitty ships, then yeah, we have a problem. But there's no dog fighting. It's just establishing shots, so I wasn't too offended yeah, by that's it. That's true. And I think that this one, I plainly will argue, this one's better than the first. I don't. Think I the first agree. One. No, I completely agree that this one is better. But I have only seen the two, so I can't agree or disagree that it's the worst in the franchise. Okay, fair enough. But I, it's not. I, well, I guess I can because it's not worse than number one. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, X Robbie Hart X, the guy who I have told to suck it, I think, ten different times in this one episode. He asks, "Does the leprechaun age faster or slower in space?" Now, I got super sciency because obviously he's referring to the theory of relativity, and you're talking about speed, and you're talking about space, and there's a whole argument. I think one of the things he might be getting at is there's the argument that Luke and Leia are not anywhere near the same age despite being twins because of their placement in the galaxy and how time is relative based on speed. But then I realized that he's immortal, so it doesn't fucking matter. He's not aging. That's why I was like, isn't he eternal? Like, he just, uh, yeah, he's outside of... Eternal sounds so much better than immortal, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. I wish I would have used your word choice. Can we go back? No. Damn it. Our homeboy, Anthony, at Don't Feed After Midnight, the guy who ruined my dreams of watching In the Hood with my wife. Best of the series, the doctor mutating into a spider is the best. Correct. <laughs> Moving <Agreed>. on. <laughs> at Horror Memes 6669. See what he did there? Love it. Wonder who Debbie Dunning preferred to work with more, the leprechaun or Tim Allen? <laughs> Is that a good impersonation? Yeah. Okay. 
you can you kind of look like you're lying to me were you <laughs> i don't i haven't watched i feel like know. it was more like a oh 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 yeah like that okay yeah I, I think that he she probably enjoyed working with the leprechaun better just because she got to talk about boners she got to shoot a gun I mean, way better than being objectified as the male girl, right? I agree. I think if I could have done a space movie, I would have preferred that. And Tim Allen is a felon. So let's talk about that. I forgot. Way scarier to be around than a dwarf. That is true. On via Reddit. Hello, Reddit. We had two fan ones from this. Neon, A-R-L-E-C-C-H-I-N-O. No fucking idea what I'm saying there. Neon Arlecchino. Sure. I believe that Leprechaun in Space is the best in the series. I was watching it with my father for the first time last year, and we were both laughing at how absurd and wonderful it is. The use of the scientist to provide a visually threatening and terrifying enemy to supplement the jokes was great. This felt like a very pure Leprechaun experience that makes me sad that he eventually went back to the hood instead of Spring Break. If any Leprechaun movie uh, got a sequel, I think it should have been this one. I totally agree. I think this is great, because... You're you're also doing something else. You're creating a villain who can die, who is threatening in creating Mittenspider. Not only right. is it something that's like visually stunning, well, to whatever extent you can be, but also you can freeze it and shoot it. If you freeze and shoot Warwick Davis or Flitwick, he's fine. You're not killing him. Yeah. I mean, the sequel, he had spider babies, right? I like that. And now they're taking over the ship. Hmm. Then you get a little lost in space in there where the babies start. Well, no, you couldn't eat them because he's dead. But I like that idea. No. What was the other movie that we watched with the virus? Where the spider, they have the electronic spiders. The computer. Oh, yeah. Virus. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Virus. Sorry. Uh, just a drop. I, wife and I watched Virus together. And then I uh, did a guest spot on Copulators Die First, part of the crap-ass little podcast network. And you're exactly right. There are those little tiny spiders that are got their servos and everything. It's pretty so that's cool. what I was also picturing. Yeah, that could be super fun. But I, apparently Warwick Davis was saying he doesn't want to do any more horror movies until his son is like old enough for them. I completely understand yeah. that. I'd want to share my work experience with the daughter. But I can't because A, it's boring. And B, she doesn't speak English yet. <sighs> so uh, I had mentioned to him there were talks of doing a Leprechaun in the White House film. And then I came up with a list of movies. Do not read off of the notes here. This is the part where I said not to do that. Putting the phone down. Eye contact. Tell me what you think of this. Leprechaun in Side Out. And it's his emotions as he's going through an adventure. Good, no good. The Leprechaun? Yeah. His emotions. I feel like he already kind of does his like weird emotional thing though. Which I, that's why I want to explore it more. In a Pixar style uh, no. romp. Okay. I am not in. Leprechaun in the habit where he is pulling a sister act. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thought that was gonna be your favorite. <laughs> Leprechaun in Infinity War. Because I feel like he's as powerful as Thanos. Uh, no. Okay. Leprechaun in Inception. I could see it. So clearly in the habit wins. Oh yes. For sure in the habit wins. All right. So our, our last one was from roller underscore ball on. Wait, wait. Can we see what your fans think is the best? Oh, for sure. I, I'll post like a poll and let, let people vote. I think. That, and or if they could come up with a better one. No, I don't want the competition. I want to just be the best. No, that's good. <laughs> I think that's very fair. I think there'll be some good submissions. Honestly, I just came up with those 
while we were watching the movie. So, or re- because okay, okay. I got the fan question. I feel like you're prefacing me. because you feel like someone else is going to come up with a better Oh, they are. So. With an unlimited time. Accept it. Accept it. No, bae. This, I was talking to a girl about taking the bar exam today and I was like, it's not about how much you know. It's about what you can do in a time-tested condition. So give yourself two minutes to come up with five and then we'll talk about competition. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> My husband is very competitive. I'm competitive and we're winning. <laughs> Roller underscore ball on Reddit. Our last one. Is there any reason for the in space as a setup for so many horror franchises? Leprechaun, Jason, Hellraiser, uh, and Critters, which is the only one that makes a little sense because Critters actually come from space. I've always had theories on this and uh, that I've wondered but never looked into. One, they ran out of ideas. Two, it's cheap to film in space. Three, there was unrelated space movie that they just decided to tie into an existing franchise. I'm pretty sure this is what Cloverfield Paradox did. I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't the reasoning for some other franchises as well. I think that it's it's hard because it's inherently baffling and it's meant to be absurd. But I think that like that's I put up a poll online of you know which is better. This or Jason X. Jason X, of course, being the one where Jason it's in the future right. and uh, he gets the nanites and everything. I think that Jason X is so great because it's making fun of itself. It's making fun of the genre. It's making fun of horror. It's very classic. And also X being Jason 10. It's a big point to be talking about. Like It's kind of this climactic thing to that point. Leprechaun in Space doesn't really make fun of itself so much. It's not as tongue-in-cheek, but it is still kind of there. I, I like the juxtaposition of in space, but I just, to his point, it happens so much, you know? What about Hellraiser in the Wild West? Hellraiser in the Egyptian Pharaohs. How about that? I think that would be a fucking killer movie. You don't think that would be cool? You've watched Hellraiser with me. And I also really like The Mummy. So, I mean... I, I just made your I, perfect movie. <laughs> but I also love space. So, for me, I I don't question it. Because <laughs> I'm like, yes. Just you don't look a gift horse in, in the space, mouth? Yes. Yeah. But, you know... Oh, like what he was saying, I think that it maybe is just playing off the success of other franchises, yeah. you know, that were in space. So why not? And also maybe it is cheaper. I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Star Trek famously only had like three different set pieces in the same hallways and stuff that right. they recycled. And I th- this movie, I think it, it's clearly not a spaceship. It's clearly like an industrial complex. See, that's just- what I was just thinking. I was like, you go to an industrial complex turn you know at night put some like you know blue or red or pink lights and then boom spaceship yeah that's fair i like it i think it's good i think i like my only criticism is that like to uh, the earlier comment i wish this had a sequel i wish that there were but there was follow-up to it because it, you know it's it's popcorn movie at this point you're just like oh it's it's fun and done it's kind of like a like a one-shot comic book where you never really revisit it i feel like that's what this series is kind of yeah to an extent but i mean even uh, in the hood got a sequel and so my, my point is just kind of if you're going to make the change like make it worth something i could get but i think that's kind of the point of after i saying it out loud in space is meant to be kind of trite and contrived and show like we're out of ideas i, mm-hmm. I feel like that kind of comes around because it reads to me like you know drive-in movie from the 50s right it's not hogan's heroes it's hogan's heroes in space no good right on dope so any closing thoughts on this movie before we sign off for the week it, well we have to categorize it right yeah well i mean this was a bonus episode so i didn't feel like we needed to but we oh. totally can well fine well no uh, because 
so you have classics, which are good, good movies, tra- uh, slashics, which are good, bad movies, and tragics, which are bad, bad movies. I put Leprechaun in the tragics category. Tragic or trashic? Tra- wait, sla- trashic. It, no, it's not slashic, it's trashic. Oh, God, I'm an idiot. Classic, trashic, tragic. So my point was, I put Leprechaun in the tragic category. This is clearly a trashic. Is it going to beat Blood Diner? No. Not happening. But it's clear in a part, I think, better. It's more campy. It's more fun. It's more violent. It's more sexual. It's all the things that you need as an adolescent adult. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's the how I'm going to describe myself from now on. I'm a 30-plus-year-old adolescent. <laughs> I would agree with you. It, it was trashic. Perfect. Do you also agree that I'm an adolescent adult in his 30s? <laughs> well, I love you despite your shortcomings. I love you despite my shortcomings as well. <laughs> so It's not even that. If you know, you could just do the dishes every once in a while. I do. No, just put away your dishes. I do. No, you okay. do not. Literally, Why are we recording like this, this at morning? after 10 p.m.? Because I did all the dishes. I unloaded the dishwasher and I put them in. Fact. Okay, so this morning when you had a cereal, right, and the dishwasher was still dirty and there was still room for your dish, did you not put it in? Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I don't about. know what you're talking about here. <laughs> anyway, uh, so closing remarks, would you recommend this movie to your friends? Would you be embarrassed if I brought up this movie to people you work with? And it was like, Sierra, what'd you think? You would. <laughs> Yes. All right. But it's still worth watching, right? Yeah. Okay. I like it. But there, I feel like if you, if, yeah, I feel like you chose the wrong audience to that's share That's the this. point. <laughs> like, shame is a great motivator. So, like, that's the fact. I have none. So, I'll tell anybody I have saw any fucking terrible movie and it's no big deal to me. Yeah. I mean, it's good. Good. So, do you want to do, uh, what was your sign off? Uh, watch out for my husband and the scary knife. Slash you later. Slash you later. All right. Well. For my wife, for myself, I would like to go out there and remind you to do something that you love. And remember that all work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy.